Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Aaron. Today on the show, the SEC commissioner calls for regulatory clarity. More NFT news, and we're going to talk about what is an NFT. And can you tokenize love? Well, this professor surely thinks so. That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the show. Today is Monday, February 15th, 2021 the day after valentine's day i hope everybody had a great valentine's day it was on a sunday so you got a chance to just kick it relax watch some tv movies snuggle go out do whatever you needed to do you had all day sunday to spend with the person that you love my girlfriend and i stayed home and we planted our seedlings we have a garden every year which you'll probably see on my instagram or my twitter coming this summer if you didn't see it last summer so we started our before frost vegetables. These are some vegetables that you can put out in the garden. We have raised beds. We put out in the garden before the last frost. And that's like broccoli and cauliflower, kale and lettuce and onions. Anyway, I know this is super exciting for you. But it is super exciting for me because I love eating fresh vegetables from my garden. I also love looking at those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. And I'm recording this at 10.15 Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin is in at $47,751.40, down 2.5% from yesterday. We actually had quite a big pullback last night. Went down to about $46,000, but it sprang back up to 47 pretty quick. I saw 48 this morning, but now we're at 47.7. Ethereum, $1,794.06, down 1.1%. Litecoin, 208.47, down 5.2%. Chainlink 3351 down 0.3% and XRP 56.4 cents down 3.5%. Total market cap we're sitting around the same price as we were 4 days ago at 1.464 trillion dollars down 2% with a BTC dominance of 60.6%. Let's take a look at those top 10 coins for Monday. BTC number 1, Ethereum, Tether, Cardano, XRP, Polkadot number 6, Binance, Litecoin, Chainlink and Bitcoin Cash comes back into the top 10 at $714.07, or a $13.2 billion market cap. And for your headlines today, all you have is me. But let's get started. Stephen Rissolino, who is a strategy editor at The Wall Street Journal, tweeted, Doesn't get more institutional than this. Bank of New York Mellon, America's oldest bank, plans to eventually treat Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies like any other asset. Digital assets are becoming a part of mainstream. I want you to read into this tweet a little bit and pay attention to the wording. It says, eventually, eventually treat Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies like other assets. And it's eventually because the regulations aren't really too clear and we need to make sure that happens. BNY Mellon is an investment bank that manages $2 trillion worth of assets. Imagine if they put just a percentage of their portfolios into cryptocurrency. Well, SEC's crypto mom, Hester Pierce, said in an interview that BNY Mellon's crypto plans will push regulators to bring more clarity to crypto. In an interview with Hester Pierce, Crypt Media quotes Hester Pierce as saying, Regulators 
have not done a great job, end quote. She's also told Decrypt that her regulatory colleagues, they're not an easy bunch. Crypto industry leaders are in agreement, seeing that more clarity and regulations will also encourage a higher uptake of digital assets. So basically, in summary, these institutions, these banks need to know how they're able to play. Just like any Milton Bradley game that you pull out of the cupboard. Actually, I just played Scrubble the other day. It has rules. The bank wants to know what are the rules so we can start playing this game. We've been saying it on this show over and over again. NFTs are blowing up. Well, the NFT market has blown up so much that it's now worth $250 million. Virtual worlds are the most popular segment with 25% of the market share. But art is quickly catching up and it grew by about 2,800% in 2020. I know a lot of people that listen to the show are like, what are NFT tokens? And I'm going to let you know. Well, NFT stands for non-fungible token. It's a special type of cryptographic token, which represents something unique, non-fungible, and thus not mutually interchangeable. Okay, so first, there's a lot to unpack there. What is fungibility? Fungibility in economics is a property of a good or a commodity whose individual units are essentially interchangeable, and each of its units are indistinguishable from other parts. All right, let me put this into layman's terms. You have a $20 bill. You can exchange that $20 bill for two tens or four fives or two fives and a 10. That $20 bill, that US dollar bill is also exchangeable to the British pound in a certain denomination. Maybe it's 16 pounds. It also can be euros or UN or yen or the Vietnamese dong. It's fungible. Now, what about gold? Well, the pure percent of gold, as we know that, you know, you can have 99.99% pure gold. Well, they also have percents of pure gold in other coins or other things. That amount of pure gold in, say, a gold bar is fungible to the amount of pure gold worth in a 24-karat necklace or an 18-karat necklace or a gold coin. That might not be pure gold, but it does have a percent of pure gold in it. Therefore, the amount of pure gold is worth the amount of pure gold in that coin. That is fungibility. There's an actual interchangeability between values because they're set values. Now, looking at non-fungible tokens, non-fungible tokens are something that just is linked to a specific item. For example, art. You make a piece of digital art, and then you put a cryptographic signature on that art, meaning that if you have it, it's one of a kind. There's no other ones like it. It has that signature to it, and no one else will have that signature. And now you want to sell it. You can sell it for $1,000, $2,000 or $1 million. But there's no way to exchange it for like kind. There's no like, oh, that one piece of art is worth two of those arts and one of those arts. <laughs> Even though I paid $1,000 for it, it doesn't mean it's worth $1,000. It could be worth $2,000. There's no set interchangeability between the art that you purchase. It's a one of a kind that is cryptographically signed and sealed on the blockchain. You know it's yours, you know it's original but you just can't interchange it like you can a $20 bill. So in summary, an NFT means non-fungible token. It is a cryptographic signature on something that is unique or a couple items that is unique. There's no other ones besides the one with that cryptographic signature and you cannot easily or readily exchange it for like kind. A $20 bill can be two fives and a 10 or 16 pound, but a piece of art doesn't have an exchange rate. A piece of art is not worth one of those arts and two of those arts. What can Bitcoin do? What is the power of Bitcoin? Those who've known me for a long time know that I used to live in China. And I've told the story many times about the impossibility to get money to China or get money out of China. They block you at every turn. And especially if you're a foreigner, 
A foreigner living in China trying to send money out is nearly impossible. You could do small amounts from Western Union and barely anything from the bank. Well, Bitcoin allows you to transact to anyone, anywhere, at any time, no matter what country you're in, what country you're from, or what country you're sending money to. Which, of course, gives rise to questions about KYC and AML. This next headline really shows the power of Bitcoin. As Russian's opposition leader, Alexei Navalny, has received over 658 Bitcoin since December of 2016, which equals around $32 million. This year alone, Alexei Navalny has received about 6 Bitcoin, or $300,000. If you don't know who Alexei Navalny is, please go down the rabbit hole and start listening to podcasts on him. What an interesting story. Long story short, he wants to take Putin's job. Putin doesn't like this. Putin wanted to have him poisoned. It was allegedly Putin wanted to have him poisoned, or the Russian government wanted to have him poisoned. But Alexei Navalny not only got poisoned, got better, went back to Russia, but called those spies that poisoned him, convinced him that he was KGB, or high command of the Russian government or Russian spy agency, and got them to confess on tape, saying that they poisoned him by putting Novichok in his underwear. Absolutely crazy story. You really have to listen to this story. This guy literally has balls of steel. But people are funding him with Bitcoin, saying that there is suppression of the elections, saying that they want Russian democracy, and they're willing to finance his campaign with Bitcoin. Now, the reason why I told you the story beforehand about how hard it is to send U.S. dollars around, that's that's the thing. If Russia or China or any other government wants people to stop funding their candidates or wants to repress democracy within their country, turn off the banks. Close their accounts. Now, the power in Bitcoin is you can't close that account. You can't stop the transactions. You can't stop the network. Anybody can open a wallet. Anybody can send, receive, no matter where you are or who you are. So, the question is, is this good or bad? Depends on what side you're on, I guess. But it also shows you the power of the Bitcoin network. The dotting the I's, the crossing the T's, the ethics, the right, the wrong, that's left up to interpretation. It's not my job to do. But it does show you the power of the Bitcoin network. A crypto artist that goes by the name of Crypto Graffiti put up 12 Bitcoin billboards across America. The project aims to help promote Bitcoin as the people's currency. Crypto Graffiti criticized the U.S. government for policies that have devalued the dollar. Here, let me read some of these billboards for you. One says, defund their power, and has a picture of the U.S. dollar there. The other one says, uncapped money doesn't work, has a picture of the U.S. dollar modified to say Bitcoin on it. Here's one that says, a dollar from 2010 buys 42 cents of goods today. You know why? Bitcoin versus the Fed. He's not wrong. The dollar is being devalued daily. Hardworking people that made $50,000 10 years ago have nowhere near that much buying power today. And wages have not been increasing with the level of actual inflation. Look, the Fed says 2%, 3%, but actual inflation is how much your goods cost at the grocery store. How much does a gallon of milk cost at the grocery store? And they're saying that inflation right now is around 8%. Think about that. When you make a dollar, the next year, it'll be worth 92 cents. And the year after that, maybe 84. And finally, Professor Olinha Taid is convinced that non-financial value is the currency of the future. He developed a metric to measure sentiment. This metric is called the social earnings ratio and is sometimes abbreviated SE. It's a single number metric 
used to measure the social impact of various organizations or things that you do. He's trying to measure things like love, caring, help, wellness, support, happiness. He wants to find a way of measuring financial investments against real social impact. This began at the university collaboration with the United Kingdom before becoming an international recognized form of measurement. It reminds me of Andrew Yang's social credit, where he wants to have social credits probably on a blockchain and reward people in social tokens or social credit tokens for doing good things. Andrew Yang calls this time banking and is the system through which people trade time and build credits within communities by performing various tasks, transporting an item, walking a dog, cleaning up a yard, cooking a meal, providing a ride to the doctor, and so on. If you guys haven't read Andrew Yang's book, The War on Normal People, I really highly recommend it. It gives you amazing outlooks and ideas for the future. Now, Professor Olinha Taid, he says this, and this is a great thought experiment. Think about this. He says, in quote, To change the world, you need to become transactional like a bank. It's not enough to measure. You must be able to transact as well. He continues, The story of my billion divorces has been that I felt I loved the person, and they did not receive love. They did not feel loved. So I measured love in my heart, but I failed to transact it. I had failed to make them feel. And if it's not received, then it's not loved. People don't quite understand that money and values are actually related. I think that's an amazing thought. What does abstract transaction look like? And I think that's a really good way to look at it. If you feel something for somebody and they fail to feel it, that means you failed in transacting your feelings to them. And those feelings, even though not monetary, do have value. Anyway, without getting too deep into that, don't know if I'm even qualified to get too deep into that, take a look at this article. Read it through. Very interesting. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Aaron. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts. Like, subscribe, share, and leave us a comment. It helps us stay visible. So far, we're still rated five stars, and we want to keep it that way. So please, rate us five stars, leave us a comment, and I'll see you tomorrow. And until then, happy hodling.